out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who will be it's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your hosts, Shandara Peschel and Steven Zhao, together with the Express Yourself Star on Air team. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. Now, here's Shondara Pachau and Steven Zhao to kick off the fun. Hey there, and welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We're a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal, and we're your teen hosts. Now, we're going to take a quick break this week from our music and tough topic series to do an extra special show on the topic that Be The Star You Are was originally founded on, literacy. Specifically, we're talking about youth literacy and youth writing. You know, the campaign that we've all heard about promoting young people to read, those acronyms. I don't know if you remember these, Shandara, from elementary school, the DEAR, D-E-A-R, um, from Drop Everything and Read, I believe, and then R-O-E, <laughs> Read or Else. And uh, this is written weirdly. Moss for drinking up words from the paper what? like they're made of spaghetti sauce. I kind of made that one up, but you get the idea. And did those programs ever work for you? I'm sure the last one must have kind of caught your attention, I guess. Yeah, I guess. You know, I read a little. Okay, I did. I was quite a big reader back in elementary school. Then again, it was also for getting the free books from the libraries that they give you if you read a lot during the summer. So that um, was pretty useful. <laughs> what about you, awesome. Um, I was like, I loved reading in elementary school. Um, especially when you kind of, I feel like there's, uh, in a lot of schools, there's not as much pressure to like read books when you're really, really young, like for assignments. So you can just read freely and read whatever you want. And then once you get older, people start like making these whole like book assignments for you and you kind of, it doesn't sound as fun anymore. I guess what I'm trying to say is like loose assigned reading from when you were younger was more fun than when it kind of got like 
you have deadlines to read things. <laughs> that is true. I think what was the turning point? I think the turning point was middle school. Oh, I remember, definitely. Yeah, I remember back in fourth and fifth grade, we would get these giant reading lists and we can read whatever we wanted from it. And yeah. in sixth grade, we get there and it's like, you have to read Flowers for Arjunan within two weeks. <laughs> and you're like, and I have to write something about it and have oh, a discussion. Oh, the writing. And that is true. You don't really, you're like, but why can't I just choose from a big list of books? It's not like that anymore. <laughs> well, our show today is not just about literacy. We're also talking about writing. Um, not so much the essay writing, I guess. We're more talking about writing our own books, stories, creative things, poems, etc. And we'll get to that later in the show. But for now, let's turn to our literacy specialist, Courtney Chang, joining us today on the perfect show for her with the segment Book It. Welcome, Courtney. Hey, guys. So when I first heard that this week's show topic was literacy and writing, I was thrilled because I thought it was going <laughs> to be so easy for me to think of something to talk about. But ironically, when I actually sat down, it took me a lot longer than I thought it would. And so I finally came up with two books that I thought were pretty relevant. And the first is Peter Pan by J.M. Barry and the Inkheart series by Caroline Funk. And Ooh. I don't know if you all can remember watching the Disney movie Peter Pan, but the story, or the book story that is, officially begins with Wendy Darling telling a story to her little brothers, John and Michael. Was and it really after- different from the movie? Um, not, mm, it's been a Re- while since I read it, but... There are some differences, yeah. Like, the Disney movie kind of makes it all just, like, happy, cheery stuff. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like Disney does that a lot. Do. Yeah. And then it's just that, like, I noticed in the book, it, like, really emphasized the fact that Wendy was a storyteller, and Peter always came to listen to the stories. And it, I just thought it was really interesting that, like, the movie didn't portray her as, like, a writer or a storyteller at all. So I, I just thought that was interesting because I always I like I really like the story of Peter Pan. So. I haven't seen or read it, so I shouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> You've never seen Peter Pan? You've never seen No. No. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna judge. I, I'm slightly culturally deprived, okay. I yes. don't I don't try to hate on people that haven't seen, you know, Disney movies because I feel like people are so like, oh my god, you haven't seen that, but it's like an automatic reaction. But like <laughs> I don't know. Peter Pan's a good one. I like that one better than a lot of other Disney stories. Yeah, I- I'm not going to shun you, but I'm just going to say it would be wonderful for you to watch Disney movies. That's what my I'm going to say. My friend made a list of 25 classic oh movies goodness. that I have to watch by the end of the school year. Bambi's really sad. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it, it is really sad. Um, In my that's... defense, I've seen some. Okay. Which ones? Beauty and the Beast and... Uh, Ooh, that's uh, a good one. Hey, look, there's a lot of reading in that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, Sorry. connected to the topic. Yes, exactly. You can continue. Sorry. Okay, yes. All right. And then the Inkheart series. It's been a while since I read it, but I remember being I really... I forgot started. about Inkheart. Really? It, yeah. It was, I remember reading them a lot in elementary school. There's, like, the girl Maggie who finds out that her father, who's a bookbinder... He has the ability to read characters in and out of stories. And then she later discovers that she has the ability as well. So then it's kind of the story. I think I'm getting the movie and the book mixed up. But it's essentially about her using her ability to like to write and to read characters into the different worlds to save everyone. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you, do you did you read it, Stephen? No, I'm not sure. I quite recognize that. I'm also a little confused as to how she saved people by reading characters out. Did she like read about a dragon and they came well, and defended see, I her? Just spoil it for you. No. Well, what but, age level is this reading? Um, I I would say it's like middle school, like late elementary school, middle <laughs> school. I think. Okay, it's I think the likelihood school. of me reading that and and enjoying it more than. Okay, I should stop talking. That didn't quite make sense. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's a really good book because, I don't know, I just, because I personally, I love reading. I love writing. I always have. So then whenever there's books about people who read and write, I don't know, it's just so seldom done that whenever there is one, I always find it so interesting. That's fair enough. Okay. People's favorite childhood book series. I will present mine because I don't want to look like I didn't read at all, okay? <laughs> uh, the Frindo series that was same author. I forget the author's name, but he wrote all these Trisha books. Trisha Clements. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That series. That was one of my favorites as a child. Okay. Oh, you guys. Um, my favorite was probably a series of unfortunate events. Oh, okay. That- Loved that. It was so like couldn't stop. I couldn't put the book down for me. It was a good until the last book. <laughs> ironic oh my thing, god! <laughs> ironic thing about that for me is I read one through twelve, but never thirteen. You you should know. count yourself lucky. Okay, <laughs> the thirteenth book was so infuriating. I still want to. All right, should I should I read it? I don't remember anything of it. I'm a little biased. Shandara, you can answer that question. <laughs> I'm sorry, repeat the question. Should I read the last book? Because I read 1 through 12, but I never I'm, read 15. Yeah, I don't... I, I don't even want to suggest that, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't okay. even... I don't... I'm not sure. Okay, so I read at to my read, own discretion. <laughs> Steven, I'm going to throw it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, my opinion is this. If if the author's idea and point of writing that series was to infuriate everyone who finished it by not answering a single question, then he completely succeeded. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give him props for that. <laughs> okay. I got it now. <laughs> Courtney, what about you? Does it count as your favorite childhood series or no? Uh, I don't think so. Well, what do you mean by childhood? Because there's like... Late Let's say before, school, before middle, middle school. Before, before middle school. Middle school? Yeah. Okay. Um, middle school. I really like the um, Julie's Wolfpack. Did you, did you read that? Doesn't ring a bell. Um, um, I feel like I've heard of it. The, the author, oh, I forgot the author's name, but she also wrote uh, My Side of the Mountain. Does that one mm-hmm. ring any bells? No? Nope. No. No. <laughs> uh, um, I think they just read completely different books than us. That's so interesting. <laughs> that's probably well, not true, but still. No, well, like, I just find it interesting because, like, we're all, like, the same age, but we've all grown up reading all these different books. Did we oh. did, did we yeah. read the same books in high school? Um, That's hard to say. I think some of my favorites are, like, East of Eden was really, really, really good. Uh, Hamlet was actually surprisingly good, despite being so pop, so popular and well known. And I really liked 1984. 1984 is good. Everybody, I feel like when I got into high school, like everybody loved that book. 1984. Yeah, that was required reading for us, actually. It was 
yeah, I knew some people it was required reading and some people just like picked it up and really liked it. I don't know. That one's kind of it kind of creeps me out sometimes. <laughs> That's the one with Big Brother, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. That's a really always watching one. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another series that might actually beat the Frindo series is my favorite. Gordon Corman, the author. No. 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 Not at all. Uh, not at all. <laughs> okay. I love him because his sense of humor is completely the same as mine. It's completely random. And everything that happens in his books is so funny because they're so coincidental. I can't give you any more information than that because what? it was a long time ago and I still don't, don't remember anything. What's the title of the book? Um, he wrote a bunch of series. The stuff like... Uh, he wrote um, trilogy series about the use of sad ones about people who climbed Mount Everest and then died. Um, oh. And then he wrote a bunch of funny ones. I forget the name, but they were like two teen... No, two elementary school kids who caused a lot of trouble. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Courtney, for joining us here today. We're going to have to jump over to a quick break. And when we return, we're going to kick off this literacy and writing field show with an interview with poet and youth literacy advocate, Bo Say. You're listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Steve Azell. And I'm Chandra Fashal, and we'll be right back. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. 
Hey there, and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Steven Zhao, and I am your team host today. This segment, we are talking to Bo Sia, Chinese-American poet from Oklahoma City. Bo has been featured in the award-winning film Slam and the documentary Slam Nation. As an author, Bo wrote the poetry book A Night Without Armor II, The Revenge, and he has toured internationally from South Africa to Amsterdam and is currently working on a new theater piece for the opening of the Museum of the Chinese in America in New York City. Welcome to the show, Bo. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Bo, why don't we start off by telling us what you do yourself. I gave a brief overview of your biography, but just tell us about what you do and what your passion in your writing is. Um, for most of my life, I've been known as a poet, but as I've had the luxury of a lot of time, I've been able to really explore the arts. But primarily, my passion is exploring language, probably because I was raised in a country where, uh, you know, many really did not, on first glance, you know, there's many assumptions growing up that I didn't know English. So I'm sure that probably drove me to really explore the English language. So my passion is really understanding the sequence of that use in all of my art. And how would you say you got to be interested in this? You briefly mentioned that it was the whole stereotypes out there, but I mean, I'm Chinese oh, yeah. also, so I kind of get that a little bit. But yeah. well, what? I think when I was young, you know, I wasn't that aware of why I did things. When I was 15 and I began writing, it was more a product of literally just having a crush on a girl and <laughs> wanting to write her poems to get her attention, and that's how this all began. How did that go? <laughs> Not really well. It turns out uh, poetry doesn't work at the age of 15 the way I would have liked it to. Yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> so how yeah. did it go from there? Uh, where did you get to this point where you're pretty famous now? I wouldn't say I'm, I'm that known, but I, I would say that I was just very determined and mm -hmm. I was very committed to writing from the age of 15 on. And so I really drove myself and convinced my parents to allow me to go to NYU. And so from there, moving to New York City is where I really got a lot of opportunity because places like the New Yorican Poets Cafe and Bob Holman really supported my work and gave me those first opportunities. So it just went from there. You just really drove yourself to work your hardest to get to where you are right now, you would say? Well, I would say this. like Growing up in Oklahoma City in the 80s and early 90s, there were no opportunities. There was no internet or YouTube or Twitter or Facebook to get my work out there on a global scale. So I had to geographically move to New York. So until I moved there, I spent five years preparing myself for that journey. Mm -hmm. And so once I landed in New York City, things happened pretty quickly. Hey, you mentioned uh, technology in your writing. How has that influenced your poetry? Um, you talked during your bio briefly about how YouTube has influenced poetry. Could you expand on that? Yeah, it's just this uh, reality that now so many young writers have access to those who came before them. You know, maybe they don't have the budget to buy a book. Maybe they don't have the budget to go to a live show or perhaps their favorites aren't coming through town. Mm -hmm. But now with the Internet, they're able to be exposed to a worldwide range of voices and perspectives and really, you know, should they choose to really have an enriching education through the medium. Mm -hmm. And then some people would say, actually, with the whole texting language going on that it gets a little difficult to communicate. Do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, I think that uh, the issue with texting is that it's not inherently evil. It's mm -hmm. more a matter of balance. If your entire life is just filled with texting, 
you have to, you know, realistically acknowledge that you are limiting yourself in other forms of communication. Yeah. I feel like many teenagers who spend a dominant amount of their time texting have issues looking people in the eye or having face-to-face communication. And that's more of uh, a product of lack of balance than texting is evil. Yeah. So then how would you say poetry helps with this? I mean, how do you say that learning poetry will help a child learn or learn to communicate in general? What advice do you have there? Well, I believe that many teenagers are drawn to poetry now because so much of the American education system is focused on tests and multiple choice. Mm -hmm. And poetry is very um, intriguing and enticing to them because it's this opportunity to talk about who they are, where they came from, how they see the world without them having to answer somebody else's question or react to an authority figure's will. You know, poetry is a great expression because if they don't know who they are, they're unable to determine their choices as well, right? So I think poetry is very, very helpful for teenagers right now. Mm -hmm. And something I think we're really focusing on this show is how the idea of writing as a youth person is really helpful in exposing what we believe in, our opinions, without having to, like you say, be confined by a multiple-choice test. How would you say we can promote that in community, in education, or as parents, or as friends? How would you promote that idea? Well, you you know, I think that poetry does sometimes get a bad rap because it has a lot of assumptions of what poetry is. So I would try to just talk about it from the standpoint of expression. And the reality is you write stories about who you are. That helps determine the story of what your life will be. So I would encourage educators as well as teens to speak to their peers and say, look, if you want to, and I'm not saying that I want everyone to become famous, but if you want to become famous, if you want to change the world, if you want to save the world, if you want to help everything in this world, you're going to have to need a game plan. Yeah. And writing out that game plan, expressing what your role is, how you want to participate, how you want to take the next step is very vital. Otherwise, you'll be pulled here and fro by all the advertisers and other people that want you to live a life that may not be your own. Mm-hmm. You mentioned to us that you were part of the project Declare Yourself, um, touring to help increase voter participation in 2004. Do you have... Could you tell us about that and how you think this type of tour and your participation in this project help increase the youth awareness in general? Well, you know, I had not, I didn't have a lot of political background, so I learned a lot working with Norman Lear on this particular project and the other poets that I worked with. And I think traveling around the country with the work that we created, you know, what we really understood was that uh, for young people, it's not as much about party affiliation as much as it is about issues. Mm-hmm. and solutions. So we tried to craft our work in a nonpartisan way in order to appeal to the reality that everyone who's young has some issues in common. And those issues are important because you're part of a whole range of people that are trying to make their voices heard, right? Yeah. It's not just the young, right? It's also seniors. It's also every other demographic you could name and has been named by pundits. So when we went on the road trying to get that uh, 18 to 24 demographic engaged in civic participation, we made them realize that all the things that they love, all the things that they want to do, in many ways, uh, part of that possibility comes from the structure of our government and the structure of our laws, and that their voice is what's going to determine their possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is really interesting right now, because it... 
I, I think, like you said, poetry gets a bad rep sometimes, partially because people think it's kind of outdated, I would say. But mm -hmm. you're clearly pointing us in a direction where poetry can be used to increase awareness in politics, for example. And one wouldn't usually make that connection. So I guess uh, what I'm asking is, what about in the future? What, do you th what visions do you, would you have for poetry and what could poetry do in the future? Well, I think that with the, uh, both the tools of the internet and young people expressing themselves on such a, a visceral and intense committed level, I mean, every year thousands more teenagers are writing and doing poetry because they don't, they have this void in the classroom that they're just finding on their own and on the internet to express themselves. And I would say that one thing that's so vital about young people sharing their work on the internet and with each other is to open up the communication so that other teenagers do not feel alone, that other teenagers feel supported where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more young people write, the more we get a sense of who they really are from where they're coming from, as opposed to our assumptions as older people or as adults or, or as authority figures about who they are. Mm -hmm. So then as we talk about how to get youth to start writing in general and start doing what you're doing, what advice would you give to them, to, to a young teen poet who's just starting off, just has ideas about poetry and wants to learn how to write? What would you tell them? I would say don't judge yourself. You've just started. You don't have a lot of tools, and it's mm -hmm. important for you to practice. And I would say to them that it's not about how great you are or how much you're loved. Writing is really about finding out who you are and deciding what you want to do in words. Mm -hmm. And what would you say in your background was your inspiration, I guess, to continue to write, even when you might have started judging yourself at times? Would you say it was a mentor who was helping you or just reading someone else's work? Any ideas? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, for many people, right, uh, many young people, every day their entire world is bombarded with negative images and negative ideas and negative concepts. And uh, fortunately for me, the way I countered that entire wave was just having several helpful things. I had, you know, a friend that really embraced and nurtured my work. I had an open mic night where the people accepted anything that I had to say. You know, these types of encouragement combined is what kept me going. You know, it wasn't just one thing because mm -hmm. it is very difficult to just hold on to one thing and imagine that you're going to make it out over this entire mass of images coming at you that just yeah. don't want you to be yourself. And what advice would you have to someone like a mentor who is helping someone else reach that level right now? I would say to any mentor, um, you know, even though a mentor may know what's right or may know better or feel that they have a better understanding of this or that, to first put that aside and listen to who your students are and listen to what they're really showing you, you know, because too often mentors are so driven by what the, what improvement is necessary, what's great, what makes people better instead of thinking of who they are working with. And I think that's so vital these days. Okay. So Bo, as we're coming to the end of this segment, would you like to share any of your poetry by chance or something that you can do? <laughs> It would be interesting to hear it. I'm interested right now just by listening to you talk. Oh, really? Man, I don't know, dude. I wish I had known in advance. That's I would fine. say this, though. 
in the event that you are curious about my work and my poetry, all you really have to do is know how to spell my name. You can find examples <laughs> of it on the internet. Okay, sounds good. I would just tell that to our listeners then. So I guess we're going to have to go for a quick break. And thank you so much, Bo, for joining us here today. Thank listeners, you, so you have been listening to Bo Se, Chinese-American poet, featured in the feature documentary Slam Nation. When we return, we're going to be listening to another one of our guests, Megan Mettler, a teenage sensation who's also about youth literacy. If you're interested in Bo's work, as he said, check him out online. Just search up B-E-A-U space S-I-A. You'll find him online on Facebook, and I believe his own website is coming soon. This is Steven Zhao. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit us at btsya.com. Thank you. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Antipreservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey there, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Chandara Pashal. And I'm Steven Zhao, and we are your teen hosts. So our next guest is teenage literacy champion, Megan Mettler. 
Megan Mettler is a 13-year-old 8th grader who started an amazing literacy and book donation project called Kids Read. She started the project when she was only 12 years old and in the 7th grade. Her goal was to donate 13,000 books to children in low-income schools by her bat mitzvah, her 13th birthday, for all of you who don't know. Um, Megan not only met her goal, but surpassed it. Today, her Kids Read project is going strong today. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi. Hi. So, so Megan, why don't you start off by describing your project, Kids Read, to us? What did you do with it? How did you start it? And what are your goals now? Um, well, as you said before, I started it when I was 12 years old for my bat mitzvah project. And I was having some trouble thinking of a project and I love reading. So I sort of wanted to connect the two things. And I found this, um, I found that I could start this project and that a lot of people needed books in schools and just about everywhere because um, books nowadays are hard to come by, it almost seems, with all the new technology and, but schools still really need them. So I started this project and it just sort of took off and I've been collecting books for the past about year and a half and right now I've collected 25,000 books oh, that, have wow. been, <laughs> that have been donated to a good 20 plus different places. I usually donate to some schools, literacy programs, um, just about everywhere they're needed. Um, it's really rewarding and fun to do. It's just great to see how many people I'm affecting and great to do it. It's really fun. Hey, Megan, where are you located and what 20 places, like just give us examples of where you donated your books to. Um, I'm located out of Santa Ana, California, and my parents help with transportation to picking up books, coordinating everything, dropping off books. Um, I've donated to a bunch of different schools. Um, some of my favorite schools I've donated to, they've put together even little assemblies to thank me and some of the schools will sing their school song. It's really nice to see how many people it's affecting. I've donated to our local um, children's hospital here in Orange wow. County and some different literacy programs. And who, like, who was it that inspired you to do something like this? Um, I worked at a soup kitchen with my parents, um, also through my temple. And there were these two kids there who um, I talked to. They were around my age and they, um, they lived out of a van with their parents. And they said that they didn't have any books and their school didn't, especially not ones that they could take home with them. And that really affected me seeing that here are two kids that are around my age and I love reading and I always have a book with me. Um, so I just wanted to see if I could help out with this. And what, you know, like uh, reading is really fun for, especially for some people like us. Uh, we were talking in the previous few segments about who, uh, how our different people on the show end up reading different books and having different childhoods. But Megan, how did you, where do you get that feeling like, reading is so important. What do, you, what do you think makes reading so important for young people? Um, well, my parents have done, uh, have just sort of inspired me to read all the time. Just from a very young age, they've always been reading with me and I love books and all that stuff. So I just feel that it's important for every kid to have a book and be able to go on an adventure in some books or learn, the, learn history. 
That's really awesome. And I think it really points to the nature of what books are supposed to do, if you would agree. Yeah. And imagination, yeah. just put it all into one word. Definitely. So Megan, tell us a little bit more about Kids Read and where you want to go from here. Like You've got 25,000 books already donated and that's quite a lot. But what other steps do you want to take to make this an even bigger project, for example? Um, yes, it's still growing. It's still going on, still strong. I've, um, as you said, 25,000 books was a big step for me, but I'm still trying to get some more books out there. They're definitely needed. I've done a few book drives to get books in, and I've been talking with some other kids that I know that go to different schools about um, them doing book drives at their schools to help collect books, and together we um, will coordinate to donate those to places where they're needed. Like, I feel like what you do is so special because I feel like a lot of kids have an aversion to reading and (laughs) I can definitely say that there are people who really don't like to read (laughs) yeah and there are people like people who have access to it and don't take advantage of it and there are people who like just need books and don't even own a book or really really want to get outside of their life and or actually get inside a book you could say and you know just read another story and not have to kind of be inside yourself. It's really nice to have books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Megan, so, how did you sorry. actually... No, it's fine. Sorry. Uh, how did you actually make this collection drive happen? Like, did you put out the boxes? Did you? How did you make promote this and get so many volunteers in that sense? Um, well, I talked to... It's. I started with my first book drive was through my school, and I talked to the director at my school, who is a great help. He always wants to help out with different like charity projects and stuff. So um, he just told me um, that he would be willing to give me a week to do it. And I put together flyers and stickers for the younger kids and put out boxes around the school to promote it. And um, it just sort of took off with his help. So that was my first big drive. And then I was able to coordinate at some other schools at my temple and just everybody's a huge help with supporting it. Dan, you have a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> How my parents help-, help a lot with it too. That's good. At least your parents are involved and they're helping you do that and something for a good cause. But tell us about your favorite book deliveries. Um, one of my favorite book deliveries was at a school called Pio Pico. They, um, I brought this books over after school and they had a mini assembly with a bunch of their after school kids to they sang their school song in Spanish and in English um it was just really rewarding to see how this is affecting them and touching them oh wow and what kind of books were they were there more educational books or just books to read for fun any particular titles we might recognize (laughs) Um, there's definitely a lot of popular books. The Harry Potter series is always very popular. Of course. Um, I always do mainly children's books, but I'll go anywhere from preschool, infant books, all the way up to high school. And then any adult books that I get, I redonate to another group who uses them. But um, the children's books are just, everyone loves them. And with reading levels, it's any kid will read almost any book, it seems. They just love the stories. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, going beyond this uh, scope of just the Kids Read program, Megan, uh, we asked you before earlier what 
made you what do you think makes reading so special but let's go beyond that what do you do you have any inspirations to uh promote this idea of youth literacy further on if not beyond this single program of kids read um i would just say to read 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 i mean not just donating to others with books it's just a good thing to read on your own it's just it's fun i enjoy it i know that a lot of my friends enjoy it and just even though if you're not the biggest reader to try to get into a book and and find this other world almost with this story um just be inspired by a book mm-hmm. hey megan okay we asked this question earlier to the previous few segments but what was your favorite book growing up as a child? So say pre-middle school age, what was your favorite book or book series? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I've read a lot of books. Um, two of my favorites are The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Oh. oh. I love that one. And Oh, The Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. What made uh, you like those books so much? I don't know. I just, I love the story, the sort of the message it sends about all the things you can do and the help you can get with it. And it's such a good book. Yeah. I love it. It's, I even like reading it today. It's really fun. I love Shel Silverstein and Dr. (laughs) Seuss. I have so many Shel Silverstein books. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I was actually reminded when they started promoting the Lorax movie of how good that book is. um, Yes. By Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Wait, Shel Silverstein. I didn't realize she wrote so many books. <laughs> it wasn't like a lot of books, but I mean, it was. It kind of seems like it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Stephen, do you have who's your favorite author? I mentioned I, I um, Megan. Do you recognize Gordon Corman? Uh, can you repeat that, please? Gordon Corman, author. I don't recognize that name. Ah, come on, <laughs> middle school writer. Perfect series for middle school kids. Wait, it's, what book did he write? Um, he wrote many, many series, but he half of his series were trilogies, and they were really depressing trilogies of kids who like got lost in the Everest and then died, and it was pretty depressing. <laughs> and then the other half were like completely out of whack humor about coincidence or events. It, it's very interesting. I really liked his books. I don't oh. have any titles off the top of my head, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Definitely. So, Megan, some final questions is uh, basically, I mean, you're an eighth grader now. And I mentioned this earlier, you really don't sound like an eighth grader. You sound so much older. But what what do you say to someone who's maybe just entering middle school right now, who has that same feeling of wanting to read and wanting to share the gift of reading to others? What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to find a book you love and hold on to it tight and use if it's an inspirational book to just be inspired by it all the way and share it with as many people as you can find who are willing to read it because it's great just sharing a book that you love with everybody else. Mm -hmm. Great message, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Unfortunately, we're a little out of time, so we're going to have to end for now. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That was great. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Listeners, that was young teenage literacy champion Megan Mettler, founder of the Kids Read organization. Next segment, we're going to wrap up our literacy show, I can't even pronounce that, (laughs) with a final guest reporter. You're listening to Express Yourself 
an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. We'll be right back. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey there, and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Steven Zhao, and I am the team host for this show. Unfortunately, our other co-host, Shandara, had to leave during the break, but she left us with someone to replace her, obviously. So we're welcoming Rachel Glass, one of our field reporters from Oregon, to join us here today. Hello, Rachel. Hi. Hey, so Rachel, before we actually start your segment, I wanted to mention something that Shandara and I were talking about during the break. Have you heard of the book Metamorphosis? I have not. Okay, it's really interesting because uh, we were talking about our favorite youth uh, books growing up as a child, and Shandara said earlier in the segments that she had one. I forget which one it was, but <laughs> she replaced it during the break saying that she read this book called Metamorphosis that was really cool. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I know that book. I know that book. It's really interesting. For our listeners out there, I really encourage everyone to read it. It's a short story, really kind of like a social commentary because this guy wakes up one time, one day, finds himself as a giant, ugly bug, and eventually goes through this whole oh. process of this, his family starts to hate him, even though he's the one who makes the money, and mm-hmm. then he ends up dying. It's kind of sad, but 
Yeah. Oh, that sounds interesting. Though. It's an interesting story to read. Metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel, go ahead. You have your own segment to take. Awesome. So uh, Stephen and Chandara were talking about youth literacy and writing. And I was just thinking about how important those things are just in life in general, just to keep moving on and making life for yourself. Um, firstly, you know, just the whole college process, you need to be a good writer in order to get into call a good college in the first place. Oh, those college and, acceptance essays. Oh, they take so long. It's so competitive. So it's, you know, important to stand out and to come off as a very, you know, strong writer. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, me being in college right now, things, you know, papers and readings are just getting harder and harder. And I did spend a lot of time, like, making sure I was strong in those areas. And it has helped me so much. And so that, you know, first of all, like, I'm thankful that, you know, teachers and parents pushed me in high school to really focus on those types of things. And, you know, in high school, you know, in middle school, I didn't really understand the importance of being a strong writer and reader. But now being here, it just shows how far it'll take you in life and not just getting through, you know, school and higher education. But then once, you know, you get a job people will notice, you know, the way that you speak and the way that you write and send emails and just all those things. And so it's important, you know, all younger listeners listening right now, just to focus on that, just to remember, you know, it might be annoying to, you know, read all the time or practice your writing or redo things, but in the long run, it will definitely, you know, pay off and get you somewhere and keep your life going. And like I said about competition in college, also out of college competition for, you know, getting a job and making a career for yourself. I think that being more literate and having those abilities will help you pursue your career of choice. Definitely. And I think we've really well established this uh, show that youth literacy and just being able to read and write and enjoying it is really important growing up whatever you oh, say yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. enjoying it as well yeah mm-hmm. hey so rachel during our third segment we were actually talking to megan mettler who as a eighth grader started this book drive that ended up donating about i believe twenty five thousand books in her area oh that's so cool yeah that's so awesome. looking back in your history of growing up what book drives and like what things did you experience that helped create incentive to read what um programs did you go through that helped um influence your interest honestly during school you know when you know you have your required readings that you know they make you read 20 pages a night whatever it was always so you know they just gave us these books that you know we didn't choose ourselves and it was always kind of so hard to like there and like read and comprehend what I was reading when you know I wasn't enjoying what I was reading and then as I started to um you know choose my own books and you know go you know go to the library and you know read backs of so many books and pick one that I found interesting to me just reading things that are interesting to you and obviously everyone's going to have the different preferences but I found that reading books that like I have chosen myself or that you know friends who share the same interests as I do, give me books to read. It just makes reading so enjoyable. And that just gave me, early on, I kind of found that out and just gave me the joy of like reading a good book and just being able to put a book down. 
Mm-hmm. And I think some some people, you know, might think, you know, that's dorky to love to read or just want to stay in and read one night. But honestly, there is nothing better than like getting into a book and like wanting to know what happens. And yeah, that's definitely so true. Staying up, ac- mm-hmm. accidentally staying up until like 2 a.m. to read books. <laughs> mm-hmm. And time goes by, you know, and it is like fun, you know, it's like mm-hmm. and it's different than like watching a movie or something like that. You know, it's totally different. It also you takes know, longer, which is nice. <laughs> no, exactly. It goes on for a long amount of time. Other than, you know, some books are just so good. You go through them in like two days just because you can't stop reading them. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the series, though. I remember I tried. Have you heard of the Wheel of Time series? I believe I've heard of that. Yes. It's such a long fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it clocks out at taking at least a week of non-stop reading to get through it at normal pace. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. I tried starting the first book and then I was like, this is so long. I know. It's and good, even no matter it's how so good it is, it's, yeah, no, it's frustrating. When yeah. <laughs> never ending. Yeah. I remember um, back in my fourth and fifth grade years, we actually did these book drives where we collected used books and then mm-hmm. sold them at really cheap prices to everyone in the school. It actually made a lot of money with some oh, really yeah. good families. So. I think I did that in like elementary school too. Yeah. And just like swapped books, sold books with people. Mm-hmm. What ideas do you have cool. about that? Have you had other experiences, specific stories or specific ones with book drives and stuff like that? Um. Yeah. I remember a lot more when I was younger, you know, we'd uh you know we'd have the book drives at school and we'd get you know these books that seems that we've already read you know we have no more use to them and everyone you know brings all these books that they've already read it that their brothers and sisters have already read and then you know you put all those books together and all of a sudden you know there's all these new books for you to get that other people have already read and I just think um you know sharing books and like just having books or you know my mom does the same thing with my aunts and stuff you know just sharing books and circulating books that are actually you know good reads not exactly like easy reads but just things mm-hmm, definitely. that are of interest mm-hmm. yeah definitely book drives are a great way to improve literacy as new books get mm-hmm. sent around and people just have that incentive to you know do something a pastime that isn't that expensive honestly so oh i know exactly my point you know you just handing off a book <laughs> yeah. some someone else or then also you know paperback books are not that expensive at all reading is just a great thing especially now when everything costs money reading is a fun thing that does not cost a lot of money mm-hmm. hey so rachel now that you're in college and mm-hmm. with your segment on making a difference what mm-hmm. advice do you have about someone who's really passionate about reading and what they can do for reading and literacy out into the real world i would honestly say making use of social networks and perhaps, you know, just promoting a, cer- a certain book or a certain series. And just because there are so many different things online and people search, you know, millions of things each day. So just kind of, you know, putting that thought out there, someone is bound to come across it and be like, oh, maybe I'll read that book. And then if that just keeps going on and on, you know, more people will read and also just the whole internet thing for people to kind of step away from the TV and the internet, I think is something that people really need to think about because, mm-hmm. you know, you can spend hours on the internet or watching TV and not even realize it. <laughs> yeah. So Rachel, have you seen any people try to start book drives at your college? Um, not so much. I'm involved in a lot of um, charity and philanthropy things, but nothing that is, exactly centered around that nothing about specifically on literacy but 
it, yeah. it's possible you can say it, I guess. It's a oh, good idea. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on, I'm sure. Yeah. And what about finally, this is an interesting question because I think mm-hmm. I'm just curious myself. How do you guys read through the college textbooks? Um, it's hard. My approach, it's a lot more reading than I've ever had before. Like it is. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> it is a lot of reading. Honestly, during the weeks when I when I don't have class, me and my friends, you know, we'll get snacks and stuff and go to the library just for hours at a time and just try to knock everything out. Mm-hmm. And just, you kind of just have to, you know, you do what you got to do. Like, you can't just kind of skim by classes without reading. Like, you have to do your reading. Yeah. So I just, you know, dedicate hours at a time to just sitting there and taking notes. And it's the best... It's the best feeling in the world once that's all done. And you know it's worth it, writing papers and taking tests. You're glad that you actually did the reading. <laughs> I don't know about how many people will be glad for the tests, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> glad that they're prepared for the yeah, test. That's true. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining mm-hmm. us here today. This was mm-hmm. a great show. And thank you. Thank you for the- having me. Definitely. Thank you for everyone for joining us here on Voice America Kids and especially thanks to Star Style Productions for producing this show. This is your host, Steven Zhao and Shandara Pashal, who's not with us currently right now. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts and answer your questions, so email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com and check out our website online at btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our site for free, get involved with the Be The Star Your charity, and of course, we do appreciate your donations. Most of all, remember to express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself